Well, good morning to each and every one of you. Good to see you out this morning. And we do pray that the Lord has a blessing for us as we fellowship together. <clears throat> Let's come before the Lord in prayer and commit his word to the Father. Father, again, we give thee thanks for this Lord's Day. We thank you, Father, that we can gather here in this house. We do pray, Lord, that your spirit might be among us. And Father, as the speaker speaks, that he might be hid behind the cross, that no man might be seen save Jesus only. We ask, Lord, that you take your word, apply it to our hearts, that each and every one of us might be built up in our most holy faith. Father, we just ask these things in and through our Savior's name. Amen. Amen. Uh, please turn to the Gospel of Mark. <clears throat> Mark chapter 1 for another uh, short reading. Mark chapter 1. We'll be reading verse 1 to 11. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. This morning the message is to do with Son of, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. And there went out unto him all the land of Judea and of Jerusalem, and were all baptized of him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. And John was clothed with camel's hair and with a girdle of a skin about his loins, and he did eat locusts, wild honey, and preached, saying, There cometh one mightier than I after me, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose. I indeed have baptized you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. It came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John in Jordan. And straightway coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens opened and the Spirit like a dove descending upon him. And there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well placed. We know that God will add a blessing to the reading of his own word. <clears throat> in the word of God, folks, our Lord Jesus Christ is known by many, many names, both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. And each one of these names has a meaning behind it. Uh, they're not just there to uh, fill up a space in our Bible. Uh, there are also many pictures and portraits and types that represent our Lord Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. For example, the tabernacle is rich in typology. And I would recommend to a lot of the young people here today and those who study the scriptures to study the types of our Lord Jesus Christ. Christ is in all the scriptures. Remember when he met the two on the road to Emmaus? And in Luke 24, 27, he says this, I'm beginning at Moses, that's Genesis, 
Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. We call it the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expanded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So he is in the book of Moses. He is in the prophets. He is in all the scriptures. Look for Christ in all the scriptures. He's in all the scriptures. He's described by many names. He is the Lamb of God. He is the red heifer. He is the rock. He is the branch. And many more names. Joseph, Jacob, Isaac, Daniel, David, and many other saints in the Old Testament are types of the Lord Jesus Christ. But I need to say this. I think we miss out so much. So much because we do not study the scriptures we read. We read the words, but do we really take in the meaning behind them? You know, every word of God is true. Every jot, every tittle is inspired by God, and they are all important. All important. And folks, our study today is to do with his sonship. And we, of course, will only scratch the surface. Sonship was very important in a Jewish household. And our Lord Jesus Christ has at least 11 titles. Now, don't be getting upset. We're not going to spend much time in each of them. We're just going to scratch the surface today. But there's 11 titles that involve some aspect of his sonship. And I don't know if you've ever taken much note of that. <clears throat> Five of these titles relate him to the Father and to the heavens above. He is called the Son of God. He is called the Son of the Father. He is called the Son of the Blessed. He is called the Son of the Highest. He is called the Son of His Love. We'll go through those individually. Another three titles link him to Nazareth and with the family of the carpenter. He is called the son of Mary. He is called the son of Joseph. He is called the son of the carpenter. And another three titles relate him to the earth and to the coming kingdom. He is the son of David. He is the son of Abraham. And he is the son of man. Folks, today, as I said, we only have time to scratch the surface of each one of those titles. Each title suggests some particular facet of his glory. And each title is worthy of our careful and prayerful meditation. Unto us a son is given. You know, 2,000 years ago, God gave us his son. The Holy Spirit guided the writers of the Bible to record these names for us. So let's look at each one very quickly. Son of God. We've already read Mark chapter 1 and verse 1 says, The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Now in Luke chapter 1 and verse 35 it says the same thing. And in Within the Gospels, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ is called the Son of God at least 46 times. Now, it may be argued that this title does not belong to him alone, since others are called the sons of God. Please turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 3. 
the Gospel of Luke, chapter 3. And we haven't got time to read all these lengthy portions of Scripture, but the Gospel of Luke, chapter 3, and verse 38 says this. And this is the genealogy of Christ going right back to the beginning. And the genealogy starts in uh, verse 23, I think, yes. Uh, So verse 38 of Luke chapter 3 says this, Which was the son of Enos, which was the son of Seth, which was the son of Adam, which was the son of God. So Adam is called the son of God. Adam is called the son of God. And uh, when you start at verse 23, it starts off with Jesus Christ and goes right through the whole genealogy. The son of God. All those who are born again are called sons of God. You don't need to turn to it, but in Romans chapter 8 and verse 14 it says this, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are called the sons of God. And so Adam was called the son of God. Those who believe are called the sons of God. And what a blessing it is to be called a son of God. And the only way, folks, that can happen is by repenting of your sin and acknowledging Jesus Christ as your own personal Savior. And you can rightly call yourself a son of God, a joint heir with Christ. Now, if there's someone here today who does not know Jesus Christ as Savior, then you cannot call yourself a son of God. And I hope and pray that by the time you leave this place, you will be able to do that by accepting Jesus Christ as your own personal Savior. So Adam is called the Son of God. The born-again believers are called the sons of God. Then in Job chapter 2 and verse 1, we see that the angels are called the sons of God. Again, there was a day, this is Job chapter 2, verse 1. Again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. Then in Job chapter 38, verse 7, it says this. When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. And so the sons of God uh, are the angels. Uh, They're also mentioned in Genesis chapter 6 verses 2 and 4. And then Jude verses 7 and 8 gives you the explanation of that. So the angels are called the sons of God. So uh, the question arises then. How then is our Lord, the Son of God, uniquely? You know, in some aspects, the answer is quite simple, yet it is very profound. You see, Adam and the angels are sons by creation. We who believe, the believers, those that are born again, are sons by adoption. Galatians 4, 6 and 7. Therefore thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Jesus Christ. But our Lord, our Lord, he whom we love, is neither son by creation nor by adoption, but he is the son of God eternally. Son of God eternally. He is the only begotten son with a sonship that is exclusively His alone. John 3.16, everybody knows it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life.
life. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6 says this, A child is born, but a son is given. He is the Son of God. Always was the Son of God. Never ceased to be the Son of God. Always will be the Son of God. Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Remember, we're looking at the Son of. The next one we look at, please turn to Second John. Again, we haven't got time to go into a lot of detail, but Second John and verse 3. Second John and verse 3 says this, Grace be with you, mercy and peace from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. Only once in Scripture is this beautiful, intimate title used, Son of the Father. You see, God the Father did not record in Scripture that Adam was the son of the Father. Neither are the angels described in this way. And not even us, born-again believers, are called by this very intimate title. This title, Son of the Father, is a very tender, very descriptive description given uh, to the one uh, whoever dwells in the bosom of the Father. Uh, it portrays, if you like, uh, the sacred, intimate relationship between a father and a son. The very one who was ever with the Father from eternity past. Face to face in holy fellowship of love. As implied in John's Gospel, chapter 1 and verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. He was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. God the Father, God the Son, spent eternity past in a holy, intimate relationship one with the other. And verse 14 of John chapter 1, of course, tells us, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. No doubt about whom the writer is speaking about, the Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, we cannot begin to understand this holy union between the Father and the Son. But we know that God loved us so much. And that's hard to plumb the depths. He loved us so much that this dear Son, the Son of the Father, who spent eternity past in a holy, intimate relationship with the Father... He loved us so much that he sent his son. He sent his only begotten son. He sent the son of the father to this sin-cursed world that he might die for us. He loved his son. From eternity past, he loved him. But he loved us so much that he sent his beloved son to die for us on Calvary's tree. Can we plumb the depths of that? I can't. I believe it, but I don't understand the, the depth of the love behind it. That God, who with his Son from eternity past, would love us sinful creatures so much that he would send his only begotten, holy, pure Son, who had an intimate relationship from eternity past, to come into this world and die for us. He's called 
the Son of God. He's called the Son of the Father. The third title we look at is the Son of the Highest. Please turn back to the Gospel of Luke chapter 1. The Gospel of Luke chapter 1. Now this title again is unique. It's only used once in the Bible. It's unique to our Lord Jesus Christ. And again, it's only found in this one scripture. Luke chapter 1 and verse 32. Luke chapter 1 verse 32. It says, He shall be great. Now folks, whenever I read one verse, <laughs> I hope that you would go home and read the verses before and after. Because we would be here all day if we read the passages in full. Verse 32 says, He shall be great and shall be called the Son of, the highest, Son of, the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. Son of the highest. Title again, unique to our Lord Jesus Christ. It was used by Gabriel in his message to Mary concerning the miraculous birth or the miraculous conception, if you like, of her son, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, the coming Messiah. The power of the highest would overshadow Mary to bring about the virgin birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Truly is a miracle. The birth fulfilled all the prophecies of the Old Testament concerning Christ's coming. And of course, one of the better known ones is Isaiah 7, 14. And it says this, Behold, a virgin will conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And folks, that's a miracle. Whenever a virgin conceives and bears a son, that's a miracle. Now, John the Baptist, the son of Zacharias, Elizabeth, uh, who was the forerunner of Christ, would be known as the prophet of the highest. Look at the, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, and verse 76. It says this, And thy child shall be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before his face of the Lord to prepare his ways. And when the angels finally announced that Christ had come, they said, Glory to God in the highest. Chapter 2 of Luke and verse 14. Chapter 2 and verse 14. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. And folks, if we had time and we don't this morning, uh, we would go back into the book of Daniel because we're looking at the son of the highest. In the book of Daniel, uh, Nebuchadnezzar and Daniel both refer to the Most High, the Most High God, the Most High. Daniel 4.17, Daniel 4.24, and 34. Then Nebuchadnezzar called him the Most High in verse 34. And so we have this link to the highest, the Son of the Highest. He's the Son of God. He's the son of the Father. He's the son of the highest. Now he's the son of the blessed. Please turn to Mark chapter 14. Mark chapter 14 and verse 61. Mark chapter 14 verse 61 says this. But he held his peace and answered nothing. Again the high priest asked him and said unto him, Art thou the son of the blessed. And Jesus said, I am. And you shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power 
and coming in the clouds of heaven. This is a very interesting statement the high priest made. It's another title only found once in our Bible. Now, there are two Greek words that are used and translated into our English word, blessed. Art thou the son of the blessed? Uh, two Greek words are used to describe blessed. But there's a different meaning in relation to both of them. Uh, W.E. Vine and Strong's Concordance uh, would help you to uh, find the explanation. The Greek word is translated, one Greek word is translated as makarios, makarios, which means to be counted happy. Blessed, happy. And it's used several times in the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5 and 6. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the poor in spirit. And so forth. Makarios is the Greek word for that word blessed. The other Greek word is eulogia. Eulogia. And that's translated uh, into English, uh, eulogize, where we get our word eulogy from, uh, which we use at funerals mainly. Uh, someone's going to I give the eulogy. Someone's going to speak well of. Someone's going to be happy in their praise, if you like. This is the word that the high priest used. Eulogy. To speak well of or to praise. You know, when we look at this situation, our Lord Jesus Christ stood silently, patiently, and he allowed men to have their way with him. Remember, he is the omnipotent God. And he allowed men to have their way with him. They, they railed upon him. Uh, they slandered him. They, they blasphemed him. Uh, look at Mark chapter 14, please, and verse 53. Mark chapter 14 and verse 53. It says this. And they led Jesus away to the high priest. And with him were assembled all the chief priests and the elders of the scribes. And Peter followed him afar off, even into the palace of the high priest. And he sat with the servants and warmed himself at the fire. And the chief priests and all the council sought uh, witness uh, against Jesus to put him to death and find none. For many bear false witness against him, but their witness agreed not together. And there arose certain and bear false witness against him. We heard him say, I will destroy the temple that is made with hands, and wherein three days I will build another and made without hands. Uh, but neither did so their uh, witness agree together. And the high priest stood in the midst and asked Jesus, saying, Answers thou nothing? What is it which these witness against thee? And he held his peace, and he answered nothing. And again the high priest asked him and said, Art thou the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? Secondly, they saw him as the carpenter's son. Uh, they knew that he was a carpenter. Now, we do not know whenever Joseph passed away. At one stage, he would have been known as the son of the carpenter or the carpenter's son. Joseph was still alive, the carpenter's son. And then he's known as 
the carpenter. Perhaps Joseph had passed on at that time. We do believe he had passed on whenever the Lord went into his ministry. Uh, the women followed him, and around the cross, uh, the Lord said to John, Behold thy mother, and so forth. So he was the son of the carpenter. He was the carpenter's son. I want to say this, that their eyes, they could see. Oh, this is the carpenter's son. Uh, this is the carpenter. Uh, they could see who he was. But folks, their spiritual eyes were blind. Here was a man who had grown up in their midst for 30 years. A man who was unique. The son of God. Who never did anything wrong. We would find that hard to understand. But he grew up in their midst. And they failed to see who he really was. They saw him as the carpenter. Oh, he does wonderful work on the bench. They saw him as the carpenter's son. Isn't he a good boy? But they realized, they didn't realize who he was. They failed to see who he really was. Even though they had heard him speak. Look at the Matthew 13 and verse 54. Matthew 13 and verse 54. And when he was coming to their own country, he taught them in their synagogue, insomuch as they were astonished and said, Whence hath this man, this wisdom, and these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? They knew who he was. They saw his mighty works. He taught them in the synagogue. They were astonished. Whence has this man this wisdom? When has this man so many mighty works? But they didn't recognize who he was. Folks, let me just say this. We have seen mighty works. I have seen men being saved who were drunkards, drug addicts, and all the rest of it, saved to the glory of God. I've seen young people who hadn't had a chance, really, to get involved in much sin. They were born in sin, human iniquity, yes, but I've seen them getting saved at five and six years of age. We've seen mighty works. Look at our own personal testimonies, and I'm not going into that today. But we've all been saved, and that's a mighty work. But do we really believe we see his mighty works? We see the miracles all around us. We see how he works and provides and looks after us day by day. But do we really believe... Do we really see who he is? Do we give him that homage as it were? Do we give him that reverence that we should do on a daily basis? Do we speak to him? Do we pray to him? Do we assemble ourselves together uh, every time the doors are open? You know, it's a miracle that you and I are here today. It's a miracle that we get saved at one stage in our life. And God has permitted some to live to 90 years of age. And God has permitted newborn babies to be here. And folks, we need to understand that this is the mighty God. The son of the carpenter. The carpenter. You know, the creator became the carpenter. Doing wondrous works in their midst. And they did not recognize it. The Lord, who is the carpenter, is the creator. The creator who created the very trees that he would work on in the carpenter's shop. What love, what, what humility, what grace. And he walked amongst his creation and they did not recognize him. In fact, they crucified him. 
Folks, the last three points I'm going to mention as one time's gone. The Son of David, Matthew 20, verse 31. The Son of Abraham, John 8, 39. The second Adam, who did not fail. Adam in the garden failed, failed miserably. That's why we live in a cursed world. That's why we get sick. That's why there's thorns and thistles everywhere because Adam failed. But the second Adam did not fail. Praise God. He went to the cross. He bore our sin in his own body on the tree. And one day he's coming to receive us to be with himself. And so as we remember the son off, and when you read your Bible, Maybe in the future, in relation to the son of, you might be able to give us that little bit of extra thought. He is the son of God eternally. He is the son of the father intimately. He is the son of the highest uniquely. He is the son of the blessed morally. He is the son of his love affectionately. He is the son of Mary, miraculously. He is the son of Joseph, legally. He is the son of the carpenter, practically. He is the son of David, royally. He is the son of Abraham, prophetically. And he is the son of man, dispensationally. May the Lord bless this meditation to our hearts. Let's pray. Our gracious God and our loving Heavenly Father, again we thank Thee for Thy Word. Thy Word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And we thank Thee, Father, that words are not put in there just to fill a space. We thank Thee, Father, they all have meaning. The Son of God, the Son of Abraham, the Son of the Highest, Son of the Highest. Oh God, our Father, we do pray that as we read Your Word, we might take time to meditate upon it. And Father, that we might be doers of the Word that we would leave this place this day being doers of the word and that we might do what you would have us to do. Father, just bless us and encourage us this day. We thank you for the time spent together. And Father, should there be one in our meeting that does not know Jesus Christ as Savior, who cannot really say that they are a son of God, uh, that they might seek someone out, someone they're comfortable with, just to talk with, and like show them the way of salvation. Father, we just pray thy blessing upon us. And Jesus, precious, and worthy name. Amen. Amen.